Don't feed this episode after midnight. Don't get water on it. You know, you know what's what's a silly game to play? Mission Impossible. We can put this on the select button feed. That that who cares about that garbage? Dark, <laughs> Dark Castle was. Please leave that castles. part in when we add it to the select button feed. This this notable cultural touchstone that will surely drive many viewers, uh, listeners, listeners, listeners. Do people view podcasts yet? Can can you all see me? Well, well, well you hear Twitter, so yes. <laughs> uh, well, machine learning algorithms have advanced to the points that they could generate faces to match the voices that we have. Man, this is a good cold open. Welcome to Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast. Uh, this is an emergency session because Basil Kenya ain't here, and that means we get to do whatever we want, which is we played an NES game. Yeah. I'm Rudy, uh, only cross of the green, Rudy. I'm Automatic, the gazelle, Tiger. And, um, Willie the Water Demon, a.k.a. Light Him Up Shrug? No. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Vassal on a secret mission, maybe camping, maybe never going to come back, and so that we have to bundle together for warmth. The dying fires of this of this of this society. I've chosen to play. I've chosen to go back further, farther farther behind Super Nintendo to the Nintendo Entertainment System to play Ultra Games Mission Impossible. As always, we will rate this game through four incredible categories: that being gun, investigation, vanity, and resolution. Maybe a secret category because. We just decided to do this about 40 minutes ago. I got a secret category idea. Oh, good. Well, as always, our our uh, hostess of uh, Book of Mega Drive ready with, ready with a secret category. So let's get to that first category, which is, of course, gun. This game has very literal guns, which is always good for the gun category. But sometimes the guns are your fists. And sometimes the gun is, I guess, a tiny harpoon that bounces off things and then you catch it again. Except in the manual it says it's a boomerang. It is a boomerang on the box art as well. But it doesn't really look it doesn't really scan as boomerang to me in the game art i have no idea what you're talking about shrug it's totally a boomerang but what's the deal with the 80s and them boomerangs that's my question i know power blade is awesome maybe it was that kid in the road warrior everyone saw that shiny chrome boomerang and thought 
I too would like to do a murder with a boomerang. I feel like Australia was really big in the 80s and 90s for some reason, and I think everybody was just like, boomerangs, that's just the thing. You know what these kids need? They need boomerangs. Come on over here. Everyone, a boomerang. But I I think I should give some context to how one uses a boomerang. Um, So this is an overhead game where you have a vague mission, which you apparently chose to accept, as is the fashion for Mission Impossible, and you go through overhead towns and overhead churches and overhead secret bases, uh, attempting to find secret bullshit like switches and sewers and exploding buttons and destroyable statues. And you have three characters that you can play as. It it definitely reeks of that, of that NES ambition of like, there's all these things. And also it's filled with unknowable rules. For example, um, the mission could end by police helicopter because you decided to punch or shoot a civilian. Well, the the mission doesn't necessarily end. It's just you have your three characters, and at any point you can switch between the three characters with their three separate life bars by hitting start and using the D-pad. And the one disappears, and the new one that you've selected immediately teleports into their place. Uh, However, if you shoot or boomerang or punch a civilian, then you realize your crime immediately, hit your knees, put your hands behind your head, and the helicopter comes and takes you away. And assuming that you have any other living members of your team, they restart at the beginning of the level as if if you had died. Well, I mean, you are being taken to a Russian prison in the 1980s because the first level is set in Moscow. I like to think it's just you're being taken in for discipline by the gray-haired guy that always listened to the reel-to-reel recorder. And... Yeah. There's no reel-to-reel in this game. But there is a cool intro with a CD. That's probably vanity. So I'm 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 slightly confused, or I I don't know. I don't want to compare a video game to a different video game. But did Metal Gear for NES have eight directional movement? I was kind of I was a little bit surprised to see eight directional movement in an NES game. You only told me to play the one game, so I don't actually remember. And that's clearly a failure of me as a host and as as a friend to tell you what games you should and should not play. Um, but I mean, cl- <laughs> clearly, bo- cl- clearly, boomerang, boomerang guy. I mean, you have the three. You have three, and we'll get that. Get we'll get to the three distinguishing factors in vanity. But you have, you have a, you have you have your three. And uh, oh, thank God! Now we have humor and and brightness to join our day. It's Bachelor. Hi. I haven't played this game yet. I didn't think anyone would notice me joining. It's all <laughs> my fault, though. <laughs> We're happy to have you, even if you haven't played the game. That's that's how how the rules are thrown against the wall now that Kanye is gone. I, I've seen 
about five minutes of the TV show. I remember when those, you know, the rhythm section from U2 covered the theme song for that movie I never saw. And I also know Martin Landau was a cartoonist or an aspiring cartoonist. So, uh, yeah, is Martin Landau in this game? I don't even know who that is, but I'll, I'll give Bachelor an assignment right now. You need to look up a speed run to let us know how quickly you can be so cool at this game. And we'll be checking in with Bachelor later, but right now. So how do we feel about the uh, enemy character interaction in this game? Is it, is, does, it feel, does it feel nice and fluffy with, with, when you reach out and touch someone with your gun? You know, honestly, the the hit detection and shit is pretty okay. Like, uh, you you shoot a little pellet, and the pellet connects with the dude, and the dude dies. It it works pretty okay. And sometimes the dude is a little old lady with a machine gun umbrella. The characters... There's, like, light stealth mechanics in some sections where you can enter rooms and people won't notice you. Other times you enter and everyone immediately knows exactly where you are. But sometimes you can ghost it and punch everyone in the back of the head or boomerang everyone in the back of the head. But once they know where you are, they will just sort of try to run straight towards you and you can kite them around obstacles and the like. And Honestly, it would be better if they were a little smarter because sometimes they'll just be on the other side of some crates and you can't shoot around the crates, but they can shoot through the crates and sigh. So from, from, from y'all's words, I think I'm, I think I got a little bit further into the game than, than you did. Um, so, so I actually encountered, I got to a, giant sewer level with multiple levels which uh included um water friction fit friction uh puzzles that were trying to knock me off a bridge which the solution was with heavy use of rewind on my actual nintendo entertainment system um to and, and it was alternating between the left the left side pushing me off and the right side pushing me off is to move forward pause the game to rebalance my control scheme and then unpause because otherwise I would immediately flip off and I can't imagine actually completing this game on a real NES uh, ever. There are those enemies in the one chunk of sewer that you access by uh, switching to the punchy man that can also unlock uh, coded doors. No way of really knowing that that's how you do that, that I could figure out other than vague hinting in the manual. But you do that, you go down into a sewer. I worked my way through this sewer. I have no idea why I went in that sewer, because when I finally reached the end, it just spit me out at the far end of the road. Uh, it didn't get me anywhere where I hadn't been before. It was just a long, long diversion into a chunk of meaningless level space. It had a new enemy, the dudes with the like riot shields that just charge straight towards you uh, and threaten to fucking knock you into the water. 
but they don't damage you so so long as you use your carefully what are words so long as you use careful positioning you can just punch them in the face over and over and over again until they die I'm so tired we all are shrug we all are why was I in that sewer <laughs> I'm watching the speed run right now, and, and there's a good chunk of sh- sewer in here. There are a lot of sandbags in the sewer. Has anyone ever been in a sewer? Is that like a thing you need in a sewer? I was in a neighborhood sewer once to get a ball that had fallen out of it out. And that was neat. Like actually pulling up the manhole, climbing down, getting the ball, and climbing back out. Did you meet any scary clowns? Damn it, Shrug, you beat me to the punch. I was kind of expecting a turtle joke. I think we have exhausted what we can of the gun in this in this cast, and we're just going to blaze through this. We're going to go on to vanity. Whoa, Tigress actually giving us a tiger growl. So how did this game look? How did it sound? How did it how did it comfort you into the magical age of 1987? I guess that's when this game came out. I'm not checking. It's I like fe- 1990. I feel really bad like how not descriptive this is, but the best way I can describe it as it looks like every overhead NES game from 1990. At least, like, everyone from a moderately competent publisher. You reminded me of a less weirdly pre-rendered looking uh, Harry the Handsome Executive. So that's what? A common touchstone, touchstone everyone shares. <laughs> <laughs> You know the Ma- the Max Shareware game, um, where you where you push around an office in a swivel chair, shooting people with a uh, staple gun. That's More people one. remember that game than remember Mission Impossible on NES. Look, I don't need to bore anyone with with childhood memories of Mission Impossible for the NES, but I distinctly remember being in a Kmart. And trying to choose between it and some other NES game. God knows what it was at the time. Uh, and my parents going, why don't you just get Mission Impossible? I know what that is. And uh, I got something else that day. And I think I f- still feel guilty 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting the game my parents had absolutely no opinion on. <laughs> I almost bought Cliffhanger for the Genesis once. Imagine that if I had taken that fork in the road. Yeah, you wouldn't have been a Mac dork telling me about some office chair simulator. (laughs) Hey, now. 
It well. Well, shrug. That's I'm fair. All star, get your game on. Go play. That's no, no. You were right the first time. No, no, no shrug and I are going to start a Mac Shareware podcast. We're going to get Andrew Vogel on episode one. Going to put everyone's listener records to shame. I'm just going to be like, so I heard that you were fucking shithead to the guy that made Escape Velocity. We can the goal of this podcast is to figure out which guest, which guest falls asleep first. Wait, okay, wait, hold on. I'm at this uh, point in the speed run. What, do, do you have to, like, come with fake IDs? Yep. And how much does this game takes place in sewers? My God, this is like a sewer with, like, fucking knights in there or something. Anyway, I guess it's not exactly on topic, but... No, 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 no. That I mean, the, the manual at least describes a neo-knight, so... Uh, I, I mean, I feel slightly uncomfortable saying something called Neo Knight in 2019, but there it is. This does sound like an ultra game. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you for getting me back on track, Bachelor. I mean, for for me personally, uh, playing this in 2019, I'm. It does give me a sort of a warm blanket feeling, as I described before, because it is such a ultra game it, it it sounds vaguely reminds me of uh teenage mutant ninja turtles that has sort of the same color palette as the first teenage mutant turtles i felt in very comfortable hands even if it is an impenetrable nes game that's about something where you're doing things it drops you into this top-down map and then with very sketchy to no instructions and then there are actually parts of it that they move around that are randomized so you can't just go to where you get your fake IDs you have to go into various buildings and there's always a chance that when you go into those buildings someone's just going to summon a bunch of weird punchy men or punchy mutants you're going to get fucked. Is this... <sighs> I took my nighttime drugs a while ago. And then this happened to me. Podcasts happen when you're making other plans. I should, I should note that this game does indeed have a rendition of the Mission Impossible theme which you'd think would be a bare minimum for this kind of game, but there are so many games that don't pay the extra rights for the music. But this one, this one went all the way and got the Mission Impossible theme song. I, I'm going to pretend they didn't actually pay royalties on it. It's a different time, baby. It's got the but, theme song. It's got the gray-haired man. Is that Jim, man Peter Graves? I don't fucking remember. It does not have a reel-to-reel anywhere in the half a level I played, which makes me an expert on this game and all of its sprites. Uh, it just has this weird little laptop with a CD-ROM drive that's physically impossible, and all that reads off of the CD 
is text. Seriously? And then what? It, then it explodes, and then you're like, I mean, you're out like $2,000 in 1985, 1988 money? Hey, tape recorders weren't exactly chump change in the 60s. It's Peter Graves. Just for the record. So this seems like the proper place to do this, since it's, this is vanity, and we're sort of examining how the game looks and how it feels. Um, I've been reading uh, Cold War uh, airport trash spy novels, and so I'm in a very proper state of mind when looking at this game and considering that it is, in fact, a it's supposed to be commentary. It's 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 examination of the Cold War uh, spook attacks. But what what does our cast think this says about living in a Cold War and and the back and forth between the Soviets, uh, the Americans, and maybe a third party that's evil and has kidnapped Doctor O, which which you know Bachelor was Doctor O. He can tell us about that experience. Can I finally tell everyone about my Oregon Harvester? Wish you would. I'm too shy. I'm too shy, I'm sorry. It's late and I gave you a prompt and, and, and you know, it's it's my fault. I give a bad serve. Sometimes you give bad service in podcast. Podcasts is, are a lot like tennis, where it's very late and people should not be talking anymore. And one of you is in a different... And you're like in two different, no, three different time zones. And one of us didn't even play the game. I'm still watching the speed run. So what's happening in the speed run? Give us up to the minute updates. We go to Bachelor for the speed run. Okay, so there's a bald dude and there's the Mission Impossible team. And you got to put a disc into the computer. That's what they're telling us right now. There's a submarine waiting for, I don't know, they're, they're speeding through it. I can't actually read it. It's very interesting because, like, okay, this is a top-down game, right? And the only time they seem to show a side perspective is when you are walking upstairs. Is that, like, how this game actually plays? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> they're skiing now. Holy shit. But it's not Maybe. as good as slalom for NES because you can't see your skier's butt. And you have control when you're on the stairs. You can only go up or down. So you, oh, but, well, that that's really inhabiting in a world right there. And you can stop. You can just stop, like, with your foot poised to take another step and just hang there. Well, in in the stairway section, I was like, oh, green guy is, 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 uh, is uh, sleeveless. Like, I mean... We can we can definitely criticize the character sprites since at least the starting three are green guy, blue guy, and another blue guy. I'm not sure who is actually. Oh, whoa! You go from skiing to hang gliding. Holy cow! This is quite the the genre mash mashup, and this is kind of late in the NES life cycle to like actually have one of those games. It's like you know, it's a platformer and it's like a top down game. Like it feels like that kind of fell out of you know, favor around 1990. Yeah. And I mean, the boat levels are very shitty shooting is a very shitty shooting game. So I know we're watching masters at work or at least a uh, bachelor is tiger should be concentrating on just the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah, where where was I? But yeah, um, it, it it's a fascinating mix of so many different genres coming at you all the time. Just like it's, when you're a spy, you never know what's gonna happen. Maybe a bunch of sprites that look exactly like one another. Maybe they'll act differently depending. Maybe some will stroll quietly and casually past you, not caring a whit, and maybe others, when they lay their eyes upon you, will charge you with knives or try to punch you in the path of an oncoming car. You can get run over by a car in this level, which would be annoying, except when it hits you, you fly like half the width of the map, and very quickly, and it's very good. It honks to tell you to get out of the way of the car. Car is too big for the road. All the cars and the cars can big. also hit the uh, the NPCs. So my only my sole note I wrote in the forty minutes I played this game was anyone can be hit by a car without warning. <laughs> That's what. Who made that song? Was it fucking Sting? Mr. That sounds like a nineteen eighty eight artist. Sure. Mr. Khrushchev said, we will bury you. I don't subscribe to that point of view. It seems that something, something, we're all fucking fucked. Unless the Russians love their children, too. He was appealing to the common thread of humanity that unites us all. Even when we're locked in the coldest of wars or the hottest of wars. And this game... This game allows us to see that whatever nation you're from and whatever kind of conflict is between your respective nations, any fellow human being, when they're hit by a car going any speed that's significant, they get really fucked up because cars are heavy and fast. So don't get in front of a car. Not We're even all a, made of meat. Not even a secret agent can survive a car. And the Russians, they're just like us. They love their children, and they get fucked up by cars if they play in the street. It really made me think. This game has true emotional depths. It's too bad poetry is no longer a category, as this entire game is a poem. This bad boy can kill so many spies. This machine runs over spies. I I can't stop thinking about Sting, you know, having tantric yoga sex while playing Tengen Tetris on Nintendo Entertainment System while I watch this uh, Mission Impossible speedrun, which is at a point where all these giant robot dudes are shouting you before trying to set you on fire. Oh, yeah, they shout you. People that don't want to kill you don't talk to you. What does that say? Reach out and touch someone with your gun. 
Hmm. Especially the giant number of old ladies with some kind of attack. I haven't seen a single old lady yet. It was in the opening segment that they probably just uh, ran right by. Like, the point I stopped was uh, two gigantic uh, crane arms that would kill, that would pick me up and throw me into the sewer instantly. That I'm sure I had to find some other switch about. Like, that that sewer level is uh, ridiculous and hilarious. Entire walls will move and push you into the sewer water, which is apparently instant death. Okay. There's I mean, also, if you were in that, you'd want to die. This also, may be one of the most purple and pink and sa- you know, salmon pink, orange, uh, any of games ever made. There's a lot of salmon. So Bachelor can answer this as we move into investigation. Uh, so, Bachelor, uh, d- does does your trio of, of of heads at the bottom change? Uh, you can you can cross reference with uh, Shrugs uh, uh, post in the chat because from the manual, it looks like you do gain control of a girl. No, no, she just seems to stand around in the cutscenes unless I'm like pl- watching like you know the anti misandry like speedrunner. No gal has been swapped in during this run. It is a bunch of guys who definitely look like, you know, they would have been, you know, they look like your mom's, like, you know, your mom goes to the chiropractor and that's who she thinks of when she's getting the massage. That's what all these guys look like if your mom was getting a massage and her neck cracked in 1988. I mean, Shannon is the IMF's newest team member. She is a beautiful former pin athlete and policewoman with a background in broadcasting. Wow. On this assignment, she has posed as Dr. O's personal secretary, but well, you know the rest, dot, dot, dot. She got kidnapped. She also has to be like 45, considering she has been a Olympic-level athlete, a policewoman, and some background in broadcasting. It was the 80s. Shit was different then. Jim Cass is skilled in role play. Jim Phelps. Jim, please don't call me Tigger Phelps. Jimbo is the leader of the IMF team. He organizes the team for this mission, plots their attacks, and sends the team on their way. He also has a major crush on Shannon, whom he will fight for with all of his and his team's might. Come on, Jim. You're a fucking work. Max, ride like the wind, heart. Max is very quick and athletic. However, in this mission, he's forced to wear heavy protective gear, which slows him down to a turtle's pace. His type A weapon is a rifle. His type B arsenal consists of 10 remote control cluster bombs. Press B button once to set the bombs, and then once more to explode them. The manual by this is definitely the high point of the of the hour I spent looking at this video game. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll figure sure out how I feel way. at the end, but uh, j- just 
someone had a real good time with this manual, and I don't want to spoil it. I mean, the manual gets a 10 out of 10 from me, if we used 10 out of 10s. Yeah, it's, uh, the fun factor is off the charts for this manual. Is this like the Biobilly manual, where it's like someone went to college, and as soon as they got out, they ended up, like, translating shit for Konami? Like, have we talked about the Bayou Billy manual on anyone's podcast yet? Not before tonight. The Searing Temples of East Berlin has a fucking rush reference. Okay, the Bayou Billy manual has enemies named Toulouse Latak, Jacques Kilstow, A.L. Hurt. Is that a reference I don't get? Thugs McGraw, and a Hurricane Hank. And there's Swamp Gas Charlie. They ran out of gas very early. That was not, like, supposed to be a pun or whatever. But, you know, Toulouse Attack. There's there's some fine copy in the Bayou Billy manual, and I have to think someone at Konami. And I'm sorry if I'm going to, like, if this is, like, learning the truth about Santa Claus, but Konami and Ultra Games, they're, like, the same publisher, same developer. You know? Except on the manual here, it does say... The underlining source code is copyright 1990 Ultra Software Corporation, which is interesting. I don't believe I've ever seen that before. That the that it specifies the source code is uh, copyright. Well, so, Ultra doesn't exist anymore. Can we like steal the source code and make our own Mission Impossible? You no, know, finally, finally give this game the recolor it deserves. You know that Ghostbusters recolor has been getting a lot of buzz. It's our time to shine. We're coming for you, Ultra Software Corporation, 900 Deerfield Parkway, Buffalo Grove, Illinois, 60089451010. I do want to follow up on the Bayou Billy manual because there there are also some equally, you know, actually maybe even better names of enemies in this game. We got Neo Knight, Iron Claw. That's not so exciting. But then we get exciting shit like Willie the Water Demon slash stiletto fido t flamethrower aka light em up joe guido the gonda guido the gondola gangster he's not even driving a gondola Jor- jorge burns Cla- jean claude killer siegfried sniper blitz blizzardski and pistol pete peronovich it's weird for this game to have a clear Castle of Cagliostro reference, right? Like, like every, everything else is, I don't know, pretty bog standard. But also, here's the assassin guys from Castle of Cagliostro. Because I like them a lot, and I have to work on this stupid game for Americans. Well, this... Pages 12 and 13... The possibly the toughest stages of your life, which is just eight screenshots of various previewing various levels with captions. Some of them are jokes, others are just descriptions. You've got Area 1, Stage 1, the not-so-deserted streets of Moscow. Watch for white arrows, which will direct you to important rooms. Area 1, Stage 2, down by the old Joseph Stalin sewage treatment plant next to P-Uski. 
Peace oh. be. Oh, oh. oh. In area two, the clammy canals of Venice. Area three, the Syrinx temples of East Berlin. As we've been over, whoever, whoever fucking wrote this is apparently a Rush fan. And I've just outed myself as somebody who recognizes a Rush reference. I did it. The Persian Mountain Range and Prisoner Camp, Area 4, in parentheticals, open all year round. That's, I guess, kind of a joke. Area 5, those is skiing stuff. Area 5, those famous Swiss Alps where the hills are alive with the sound of gunfire. Everyone loves <laughs> the sound of music. So I would have preferred a lovely, a reference to the, the lonely goat herd, though. So um, looking at FAQ for this game in our investigation category, investigation, um, the game actually ends with you reenacting the end of reenacting the the uh, movie War Games because you have to battle a supercomputer and you have to choose between poker, chess, Madelinette, and World War Three as a game to play against the. Supercomputer. I assume you play World War Three. The game immediately ends. That rules. Area yeah, six, it rules so hard. Two shooting by the dock of the bay, wasting time. <laughs> yes, that was clearly worth interrupting our momentum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Th this and and clearly this 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 uh, FAQ, which was written in two thousand six, by the way, the other ones were written in. 1999. Poker and chess give you the code won't access error. This is in contrast to the other two Mission Impossible walkthroughs in which they state that you have to make the computer play a game of chess to win. That information is simply wrong. I'm not sure the problem was that they never got this far or something else, but trust me, chess won't work. <laughs> Who wrote that FAQ? Was it CJC? It was by Master Sidious. Wait, oh, at kingpalpatine is... at gmail.com. Yo, the credits give thanks to Yuki Chan. So, did Yuki Chan's papa, like, you know, is there is does like game music run the family? Are we all not intimately familiar with the, you know, alias is used by various composers throughout the NES era? You know, I, I totally am, but why don't you tell us about it like I don't know anything while I pretend I, I don't know anything about it? Let me Google it. Anyways, this is an honorary Mega Man game. That's what I've decided. Oh, well, hey, the uh, the passwords were only four characters. That's a lot kinder than normal. Yeah, it only has to record, like, what level you're at. Whoa. Okay, one weird thing about this game I noticed was that it actually records every enemy you kill while you play it, which is a lot of stuff to store in memory from a for an NES game. Sorry for interrupting. It also thanks an H Yakuza. Also, I spent most of this speed run and this podcast thinking, who the fuck has someone in the background like playing some like tabletop RPG? And then I realized it just it's whoever's playing this uh Speed run. They're just commentating, and the mix kind of made me think someone had someone in their room playing like Dungeons and Dragons or some shit. I'm sorry, I thought ill of any of you. 
So um, this other FAQ, you know, in in my crack research of the last 30 seconds, um, states that this game was developed by Ultra Games and Falcom. Oh! What? You know, this does kind of feel like a Falcom game. Elaborate on that, because I don't see this at all. I see, I see the, I see the Konami DNA. I do not see Falcom DNA in this. Well, I mean, if we're thinking about when I think of Falcom, I think of overhead action RPGs with kind of fu- fussy mechanics, and I also think of arcane, hard to understand riddles that you need to navigate through in counterintuitive ways, which this game definitely is. So, um, 11 years ago on GameFAQs.com, I don't know if you've heard of this website, Chrono Knight um, created the thread, Is this game really all that hard? I saw it at number one today on the top ten list, and I was just wondering, because damn, I never thought anyone could be anything could be harder than Battletoads. So I asked the panel, is this game harder than Battletoads? The true mark of any NES podcast is that we just talk about how hard Battletoads is. I would say this is easier than Battletoads. I have played roughly half a level, and so I am an expert on this game, and I would say that it is 73% on the Battletoads scale. That How seems pause music, though? There is no pause music. Yeah, there is no pause music. Game sucks. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I'm listening, I'm listening to the, the uh, rendition of the Mission Impossible theme. Is it the 10-hour loop with lo-fi hip-hop beats? It's hard to hear because this, this player keeps talking over it. And I keep thinking it's Tulpa in the background of someone's room. Do you think Tom Cruise liked this game? Maybe that's why he wanted to make the movie so much. Do you think Tom Cruise could land the fucking jet in Top Gun? Could you land it? Have you? Has anyone here played Top Gun for any of Yes. I think Do- Tom Cruise probably practiced over and over and over again until he could land it every time. And then I don't believe Tom Cruise knows what a video game is. I think he knew what they were in the late 80s. And then he just, he conquered them and he never had to return to them again. Too many Thetans. Has there ever been a game developer owned by the Church of Scientology? Right, the Neopets people. That's right, that did happen. Oh, Asked and answered. But with that, Tigress, why don't you take us to our secret segment instead of Salaryman Corner. Corner, 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 corner. Secret. So, uh, what 19, late 1980s, early 1990s TV show should have gotten an NES adaption in the twilight years of the NES like this video game? Big head platformer, cheers. 
Baywatch. Uh, uh, mm. Shut your whole truck. Tulpa's here. I love Impossible Mission of the Commodore 64. The Golden... I the wrong game! <laughs> the Golden Girls. Are there That's elevators in this game? No! There are not. There are lots of stairs, though. Yeah, they're health... It's a healthy game for healthy people. You have to take the stairs. Keep your heart rate up. Emilio Estevez is not killed by an elevator in this game. I'm personally going with Small Wonder. So, did we rank the Mission Impossible movies yet? I've... I only saw the first one, and I only saw it when I was five, so that would be a little difficult for me. In a Golden Girls... Just so you know, Shrug, Shrug, Bachelor, and myself are not old enough to drink. If Golden Girls... A Golden Girls game where you chose one of the girls, and then you took them on out on dates... To find wait. the right man would be a good game on any on any console. Wait, why is why is it so silent? I'm confused. Is the podcast happening? Yeah. Can anybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you. This is a Tulpa problem. Oh. <laughs> no, Shrug, please tell me more about this wonderful Golden Girls dating sim that you're constructing. Well, the Golden out, Girls. Out, uh, late 2019. Yeah, well, I don't, I just think, I just, it's a good idea, okay? I just think it's a strong idea, and I wish more of them were still alive. So, I mostly wish B. Arthur was alive, because I wish I could get B. Arthur in on the ground floor, and I want to play as an officially licensed B. Arthur in a video game taking Sam out on dates and dealing with the ways that Sam disappoints me by eating lots of cheesecake to fill up my contentment meter before I go to bed in a very long old lady nightgown. I really want to get the true ending where they end up with Burt Reynolds. Just uh, a harem ending where they clone Burt Reynolds. I haven't played Mission Impossible at all. What is the category right now? And they just... It's the... Wait. Golden Wait, Girls. this ties back to our game. Because Mr. O has has made the clone the clone zone. Which is... I can't believe it's a real sentence. So, Golden Girls and Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible NES and Golden Girls for the NES coming out, tw- coming out September 2019. Canon. Next game jam. Oh boy, it's late. Um... Yeah, it is. So yeah, what you guys have for dinner? You know, what you all have for dinner? Spaghetti. I had some taquitos, chicken. I ate some, just some chicken. What's dinner? I think I've had one meal today. So you know, this is time out. You know, so how we all think the cast is going? You know, what can we improve? Let's let's go through our quarterly reports. You know, just. How are we doing on the cast? I think it's going alright so far. I have no idea what has been happening. 
I haven't cursed out Talpa yet, so I think it's going okay, despite all my, uh, you know, all the shame I'm feeling. Okay, so it goes, uh, Mission Impossible... You know what, I think... It's very late where you guys are. I think Fallout might actually be my favorite. Because... And apologize for using guys. ...of how they brutally murder Superman in it. Also, I just like Superman's big, angry body. Is that the one where he has a mustache? Yeah, he's got a mustache, and they had to... They had to fucking remove it from Justice League with computers and it looks really fucking weird so and it has some really good stunts uh so it'd probably be Fallout then the first one then uh whatever the first Macquarie one was the one that goes before Fallout then Ghost Protocol then two then Mission Impossible 3, which is just dog shit. It's just really awful. Like, you're not shooting a television show, J.J. Abrams. They did all these big stunts. You can't fucking tell they're doing big stunts because it's all fucking close-ups and medium shots and you can't see anything. Good luck with Star Wars 9. Okay, um, I actually pretty much agree with your rating uh, from what little I could hear of it. I do love the CGI mustache thing. Uh, the CGI mustache removal thing. Uh, yeah, Mission Impossible 3 is literally the worst. Mission Impossible 2 is very underrated because it is full of John Woo tropes. And, uh, Tom Waits, or Tom Cruise's hair is the best it's ever been. Guy, can you imagine how much better these movies would be if the main character was Tom Waits, but they were identical? Uh, I don't think Tom Waits would risk his life the way Tom Cruise does. Tom Waits doesn't have those high-level Scientology powers. <laughs> but if he did... Then you yeah. couldn't like him anymore. In Mission Impossible yeah. Scientologist. Do they basically do the fucking just stay alive, I will find you scene from Last of the Mohicans, but instead of jumping out of an out fucking jumping through a waterfall to escape Tom Cruise throws grenades at a wall in a skyscraper to blow a hole in it and then jumps out he base jumps out of it yeah it's an amazing. extraordinarily extra movie um it's extremely also, stupid but it's pretty his, special his first conversation with his love interest in the script it was written as them talking in a room but John was like that's boring we'll have them talking on their car phones during a high octane car chase uh, that goes off the edge of a cliff midway through that's the meat cute is an intense car chase yeah, they almost sounds- kill each other for absolutely no reason it's that sounds incredible, and I also want to just say I don't know the titles of these movies very well, so I thought you were saying originally, Shrug, that your favorite Mission Impossible movie was the video game Fallout 1, and I was very excited to hear how you were going to bring that together. I try, but I'm very tired. I mean, I, I am 
immediately compelled to start constructing a uh, Tom Cruise character in Fallout 1 and seeing how far I can get. Just 10 luck, 6 or 7 uh, strength, not much intelligence, to, and 10 charisma. That, that's a Tom Cruise, right? Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, so was the special category something about, uh, it seems like my internet is normalized. Was the special category about, like, what 80s franchise would be the perfect uh, NES game? Yep, that uh, is. Because it's Murder, She Wrote. Oh my god, you're right. I'm not sold. Sell it to me. I mean, what needs to be sold? Uh, it would be. Uh, I'm not sold. I just told you, sell it to me. <laughs> it would be like a point and click adventure, like uh, what was it, Nightshade? Nightshade? I was thinking like Portopia Mysteries or Princess Tomato, personally. Yeah, well, maybe like the halfway point between the two. It's Nightshade and Portopia, just combined as seamlessly as possible. I want a Jessica Fletcher cover shooter. Jessica Fletcher would never shoot a gun. How dare you? She just has a giant gun. And (laughs) and she carries that in her typewriter. Oh, it's like Typing of the Dead. Have you heard about Typing of the Dead? Typing of the Dead is so crazy. She does. Half of the game is like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, but as soon as she knows who the killer is, she has to kill them and their gang. Their whole Rotary well, Club is going down. Well, what if it was a Murder, She Wrote game, but it's going off of the popular conspiracy theory that Jessica Fletcher is the serial killer who commits all of these murders and then blackmails her uh, scapegoats into a confessing to the murders that she constructed. So what if you are the killer in this game and you're Jessica Lansbury or Angela Lansbury and you're going from town to town, each chapter is a different city and you are placing the perfect uh, pieces of evidence to commit all the murders. Can some of the evidence be just a huge gun? Like a, just a really big, big giant gun with huge bullets. It's not even a sprite, it's a background. It's yeah. the epic skybox gun. You just drop it in there. Yeah, who wants to support me in making a uh, uh, graphics edit of Doom 1 and Doom 2 with Angela Lansbury's face instead of uh, Doom Guy? I might be down. I will contribute to this Kickstarter. It's the best Kickstarter I've heard since getting rid of that dang rat from The Departed. <laughs> hey, that's that second, uh, that 
gif you just posted is just from the opening uh, intro when she went to lecture at a uh, university. Look, it's the closest thing to her pointing a gun I could find. That's because she's not a killer. I mean, she is. She murders everyone and then pins it on some innocent victim. Yeah, it's like Batman. Like, she kills tons of people, but she'd never use a gun because it's part of her code. Okay, so we established Jessica Fletcher as a gaming character through this uh, murder-slash-detective game, and then cross her over to my Golden Girls game. And she's she can also be one of the ladies that can go on dates. But she might, you have the option of killing pe- killing the person if she, she doesn't like them. Or they don't make a connection. Tigers, I can't believe you tr- betrayed me in this way. You're supposed to be helping me keep this thing I'm on rails. Sorry. I'm, sometimes I go to bed now, so I'm just getting distracted <laughs> looking at pictures of Jessica Fletcher from various episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Well, I, I had a I had a different uh, way to rate this game because we're now in resolution. Resolution, 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 resolution. This is our final category of the night and my afternoon, which is the real time. Y'all's y'all's behind me. In resolution, we're going to give how how we actually feel about this game. I was going to have a uh, rating scale of one to five old ladies, which actually still works. <laughs> one to five old ladies that may or may not kill you. Uh, bring it all together. In, in Mission Impossible on the streets, the beginning of the streets, there's old ladies and men. Men in trench coats, those sound sketchy, but the old ladies, they might walk up and they might just be walking by. Or they might decide to stab you with, apparently, umbrella guns, according to the manual. An umbrella Uzi. That's incredible. It is incredible. So, with our incredible panel of very tired people that are, that are, you know, 15 to 25 time zones behind me, how would you rate Mission Possible for the NES on a scale of 1 to 5? a possibly murderous old lady. One to five Jessica Fletchers. There we go. In this resolution category, I will rate it 256 out of 240 Jessica Fletchers because that's the display resolution of the NES. Ha 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 ha. Good, great game. In one episode of Murder, She Wrote, Jessica Fletcher played uh, a spy car or some kind of spy racing arcades game to solve a mystery involving Fitbits in the 1980s. Um, So I give this game five out of five Jessica Fletchers because Jessica Fletcher is the original gamer. I give this game... Two out of five Jessica Fletchers? Like, if it was just 
generic murderous or potentially murderous old ladies, I would have given it a three because it's a real solid three of a game. Like it's ambitious, but it's also flawed. But like if it's Jessica Fletcher, it's two because Jessica Fletcher's way better than this game. I give it a one. I spent a lot of time with old ladies. They don't like climbing stairs. And from what I watched that speed run, you're like climbing stairs constantly. <laughs> the stairs reminded me of Dark Castle. Everyone loves Dark Dark House Castle. Everyone's favorite game, Dark Castle. Oh, I thought that was an 80s drama that you wanted to make a video game. Let's all just pause a moment and reflect on our strong memories of Dark Castle. No, because I haven't given my rating. Black and white Macintoshes. Go go ahead, Rudy. (laughs) Oh, no, I I, I suddenly had to worry that my laptop was about to die. Point is, I give this game uh, two Jessica Fletchers out of five because I'm glad I forced myself to play it for 40 minutes. I don't want to play it again, I don't think, because one day I'm going to die and I can't say. <laughs> you know what I spent a whole afternoon doing? Playing Mission Impossible. But I will say, I spent an afternoon talking about Mission Impossible with all my great friends. So, Yay. hey, great friends. Why don't you tell me, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they think this was at all worthwhile waste of time? <laughs> uh, I'm Shrug. Uh, I'm on the forums as Shrug. You can find me on Twitter, tweeting rarely and maybe about the Golden Girls now. Um, as at Shrugopolis, I have handful of tabletop games um, on fucking itch.io slash shrug. Soon you'll find me in my bed. But the doors are locked and you can't come in. I'm on No Rangers Alive Being a Dwarf with the lovely Tulpa who tolerates me usually. Goodbye. I'm Automatic Tiger. You can find me on the select button forums, which we should probably mention somewhere in here as Automatic Tiger. And you can find me on Twitter as Automatic Tiger. And you can listen to me on this same podcast feed, which is getting increasingly anarchic with an NES game. Uh, but sometimes I do a podcast called The Book of Mega Drive, which is about Sega games, especially Genesis Mega Drive type games. And you can just listen to that on this podcast feed. You probably already listened to it. You might listen to it and said, I want to listen to more of this. And then this is what you got next. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can find out more about that on Book of Mega Drive. That's a Twitter. That's a Twitter. You should listen to it please. Mm, listen to this Twitter. Yeah. I'm really You're all very tired. tired. I'm very tired. 
I'm Bachelor. You can find me at, at Bachelorsoft on Twitter.com and on Instagram. And my website is Bachelorsoft.com. I tweet a lot about 20th century entertainment that long dead people watched with me. You want to hear about Mission Impossible? You want to remember old episodes of Mod? You want to like talk about fucking? I don't know. What, what what's some other old shit? Someone someone fill in the gap here, please. Uh, uh Love Boat. The Love Boat. Strangers. The Space Train. What is it? Space Train? Super Train? Super Train. Yeah. Fantasy want, Island. Yeah, let's all get together and watch that Pink Lady and Jeff box that I paid eighty dollars for when I had no other, you know, my last eighty bucks. Wow, I you had that. that? I let's had just that. Blog about Hervé Villachez for the next six months. We should. We should. I think I used to lie about being related to him. I don't lie anymore, though. So please, feel free to check out my stuff. I'm a great... Topa, that was a weird way to say Jorge Burns. I'm sorry. I'm I'm illiterate. (laughs) That was a joke for no one. Go on, Bachelor. Go on. Oh, yeah. Log on. Check me out. I'm very handsome. I'm very talented. And I'll give you what you want, baby. It's true. It's very true. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to follow Memorius Tulpa on Twitter and to buy all of Memorius Tulpa's games on itch.io and to watch Tupler on twitch.com and to listen to No Rangers Allowed, uh, where Tulpa is the dungeon master and Shrug plays a delightful dwarf dealing with many important issues uh, of psychology and religion. I think it's twitch.tv. Whatever. Uh, this podcast will detonate in five seconds. Uh-oh. Fuck. Well, that doesn't give me time to say... Um... You can listen to Hinge Problems. That's where that's my stupid video game podcast. But uh, uh oh, um, I just got a phone call. Uh, Vassal Kenya is gonna be home in ten minutes, and this place is a mess. Oh my god! What, what are we going to do? I'm sorry, Vassal Kenya. I couldn't find the. I couldn't. I couldn't find the. The toilet. I couldn't Let's find the toilet. Let's just torch torch the place and uh, blame cats or something. I, I would consider what cat. we just did already torching the place. Yeah, yeah, we, we are. I'm sorry. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! We're never gonna be able to 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 uh, house it at Candy is really cool pad, and now all the girls aren't gonna go out with us anymore because we don't have Candy's pad to impress them with. I've spent two weeks writing about goblin bones. I'm never going to impress anyone ever again. Ah. You know, this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for those gosh dang gaijin pundits. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night! Good night. Uh... Good night. 
Yeah, if you get that to me, I will edit that, and then I will give it to Kenya, saying, don't open this, <laughs> ever. <laughs> As always, thank you to Schnabubula for letting us use his incredible song Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms for our theme song. Also, thanks to Bachelor for the amazing cover art that we have. Check him out at BachelorSoft on Twitter. And thanks to you for listening.